0: Welcome to another edition of Sports Shenanigans with Mullet in Houston. We have some NFL offseason news. A lot of it is repeat news because some of these players just keep doing some news. things. And then we've got some NBA news. And then we'll give you our NFL playoff predictions going into the season. So, starting off, a topic we've been talking about a lot is Ezekiel Elliott. And this week, him and uh, Jerry Jones have been going into a little bit of a back and forth. Z, uh, Jerry Jones made a joke. Someone asked him about Ezekiel Elliott, and he said, Zeke who? Um, which I think, obviously, was a joke. I think he was just talking about how that has been a constant topic. Like, mm-hmm. So, yeah. But Zeke, apparently his agent said that they felt very disrespected by this joke and what not to which Jerry Jones said I have earned the right to joke let me be clear about that and that uh he was not happy um <laughs> that Zeke said he felt disrespected I mean yeah uh, you look at everything Zeke's done like there are very few owners that would put up with that <laughs> yeah I don't think uh, I think I think Jerry I think the him and Steven Jones are upset period that Zeke's holding out with 2 years left. Yeah, I think after, so. After everything that they've put up with with his off field stuff. Yeah. Um and so I mean Jerry Jones has really been the only person that has been that I mean Every time Zeke has something happen, he stands behind him. He supports him. Duh, duh. Like when he's talking with the league, like Jerry's talking with the league and and defending him. And <laughs> this is, I think he's kind of like. So this is how you're gonna, this is how you're gonna repay me: is <laughs> hold out and talk trash about the organization and. Can't take a joke and oh, but Jerry has also been talking a lot about having when they're they've been dealing, you know, with a lot of different players Mm. talking with Jalen Smith and Dak Prescott this week, and there's been a lot of talk about team playing and good personalities and that Jerry Jones has been talking about. And is that a subliminal message to Ezekiel Elliott, who's not in the United Uh States and not concerned about the team and not a lot of off-field? I just think, well. (laughs) Yeah, I think that was a shot at him a little bit. Yeah, just a little subliminal message about, hey, uh, maybe if you uh, straightened up. Showed up. Showed up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, right now, the Cowboys, I mean, once the season starts, I think uh, this is definitely, a, Jerry has said they're they're not doing anything until the season starts, because when the season starts, when it determines who really has the leverage. Mm-hmm. But right now, the Cowboys have all the leverage, because Zeke is under contract for two years, and in the NFL, you have a franchise tag. So even if he wanted to leave after those two years that the Cowboys wanted, they could just franchise tag him. Yeah. And if they wanted to leave after that, they could just franchise So they have years regardless of whether he wants to be there or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only thing that will change that is if they get into the season and they are just terrible and you know they're better with Zeke. But if they get into the season and they start winning, all the leverage is on the cow- with the Cowboys. Zeke has no leverage if they actually are winning games without him.
1: <laughs> yeah. He might. Zeke might still have leverage if the Cowboys are winning. It all depends on what the run game is doing. Because if yes. they have a zero run game and they are losing games, but somehow Dak becomes Aaron Rodgers and throws it to Amari Cooper every time and they win... Zeke might still have some leverage, but for the most part, he'll lose it all.
0: Yeah. That's what the only way I see this going well for Zeke is if the Cowboys come in and they go like 0-3. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There was a rumor that came out that the two sides are coming to a deal, so he'd be like the second highest paid running back, but that's not what Zeke wants.
1: <laughs> nope.
0: He wants all the monies. He wants to be the highest paid back, which the only person on the Cowboys that you could justify making the highest paid at their position is Ezekiel Elliott because Ezekiel Elliott, it might be the best running back in the league. Yes. But I don't think the Cowboys want to get trapped like the Rams are now with Todd Gurley. Who, I mean, they pay, that's what happened with the Rams. They paid Todd Gurley early and now he's got this early arthritis. And Well, that's too different.
1: The Rams, I yes, Todd Gurley deserves to get paid, But also, if you look back, in college, Todd Gurley tore his ACL, had to have surgery, so he didn't exactly... Like, you went into it knowing he has already had a major injury. Zeke Mm -hmm. hasn't had a major injury. I don't know if he ever has. Yeah. So, like, it's two different cases. Like, yeah, Zeke can still go down, but, like, he has no history of major injuries on him. But... The running back position is very entry-prone.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, it only takes, you know, a, well, one second to change it. I mean, I I just think that's where they're at, is they're looking at the Rams, who didn't have to pay Todd Gurley. He, still mm-hmm. had, he was still on contract. They paid him early. And now they've got this long, big contract, and a year after they gave it to him, they don't know exactly what he's worth but will will jerry decide i mean will he get to the point where he's i mean it doesn't even matter if the cowboys aren't he he's just he's tired of the antics that he's had to deal with the past 3 years and he just says you know what i can trade you and there'll be a team that'll give me a lot for you
1: mm-hmm. i hope <laughs> and, he
0: does. I and we and we can rebuild with whatever we get for yeah. you <laughs> oh yeah and and there's still, I mean, I think Jerry's all in on Dak. He loves Dak Prescott. I don't, which, know.
1: I, but I, I'm with, you. I
0: think he loves him. I think he loves Dak because Dak has stood with the organization and he's been a good leader in the locker room. The play does not justify whatever. But I think that's, I think Jerry, I mean, it's the same reason Jason Garrett still has a
1: job. Yeah. He, he, should, he should have been he, fired a long time he ago. He
0: stands with the organization; they like him, but his performance just isn't. I mean, that's it's pretty rough. That's kind of the way Jerry does things: is he likes people that are for the organization. Mm-hmm. So, do you think Jerry's gonna gonna say he's
1: had enough of Zeke? No, uh, he'll pay Zeke. He really will. It's gonna happen. The Cowboys they run their game through Zeke. If you're gonna they're gonna pay him. It's Yeah. I want him to trade him. I think it'd be cool. <laughs> he did a lot. I mean I I see both sides of that. I mean, you pay him, get the best running back in the league. Uh, you trade him, you trade the best running back in the league, and you get everything for him. Yeah. So like I mean Yeah. I I think it would be interesting. I'd like if, to see who would be interested in a trade for him.
0: Yeah. But, we have another disgruntled running back with his organization in Melvin Gordon, who historically has not been a disgruntled running back. He's never had, like, any off-the-field stuff. hmm So, would the Chargers, with their disgruntled running back, be wanting to do a, a trade involving Melvin Gordon for Ezekiel Elliott? Um...
1: So I'm going to say no to that just because if you look at the Chargers organization and what they've done when they have had elite running backs, they never pay them. They have yet to pay an elite running back anything at all. So if uh, Melvin were to have accepted the uh, like $10 million a year, he would have been the highest Chargers paid running back ever because... They don't pay running backs, so I don't think that'll happen because they don't want to pay Zeke a lot of money.
0: Okay, well then... But it'd be cool. But then could you see the Cowboys trading Zeke somewhere else and getting whatever for him and then
1: trading for Melvin? Potentially. I could see it. I mean, and then I, I think if Gordon were to be on that team, on the Cowboys, then he'd probably lead the league in yards because that yeah. line is I amazing. Mean, yeah, well, that's that's
0: the thing with Zeke is DeMarco. I think the thing Jerry's saying here is, you know, uh, DeMarco Murray led the league in rushing, and he went the next year and did nothing. Yeah, And they've always had really good running backs in Dallas. And it's because of that offensive line. Like, like yes, Zeke is a special talent. Yes. But.
1: But he looks even better in that He line. looks
0: really good. I mean, anywhere else, he probably doesn't look as good. Yeah. Because the offensive line isn't as good. I mean, you could put in a player like Melvin, you probably wouldn't be that much of a difference. Yeah. So injury would be a little bit of a good, But they wouldn't be paying Melvin as much as they would be paying Zeke. Yeah. So. I mean, I don't. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll pay Zeke. I just want something else to happen. So, yeah. Speaking of Zeke, little little sub note: he will not face any charges for the Vegas incident that happened in the spring. Speaking of his off field <laughs> shenanigans, the Cowboys did agree to a deal with linebacker Jalen Smith. He's five years, sixty-five million, thirty-five point five guaranteed. That's the third highest guaranteed money to an inside linebacker in the league. I mean, like we said, I think the Cowboys are looking at the guys who are still in the organization mm-hmm. and have historically been good guys with the organization. They're saying, "Well, we'll, we'll make sure they get paid first.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's a- awesome for. Jalen Smith to have gotten this deal, because do you remember when he came out in the draft? I remember, didn't he, he he had like an injury like last year in college or first year in the league or something? No, it was the very last year of college, he like, I don't know what it was, it was something with his knee, I think, but his career was in jeopardy of even starting. Yeah. Now he is the third highest. Guaranteed inside linebacker, which is awesome. Yeah. He missed the rookie year, then he came and played and pulled out. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's awesome for him. And he's a Notre Dame guy, so I like him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, here's a story that we thought we were done with. Uh, Antonio Brown is still upset about his helmet. The he filed a new grievance with the league that ruling is likely to come next week early next week um tell him no yeah well they yeah where well it's going to get denied um the raiders gm sound a little testy uh said we need to know if he's all in or all out gruden has been behind it to Bre- i mean gruden's great for tv he- mm-hmm. <laughs> understands the media. Yeah, we love him and we'd love to have him here. And if we don't have him here, I mean he's got to do his thing. He's just not causing any waves. (laughs) Uh, uh, I did see where Antonio Brown found, as they said, that they thought the league kind of moved the finish line because they said Antonio Brown did find a helmet that he liked that was made within the last 10 years but the league said no to it. Mm -hmm. Um. So that it was kind of like, okay, well then what? (laughs) What's your? You said it had to be made in the last ten years, like the. Yeah. uh, So it seemed like they kind of moved the goalposts, kind of. So now he's filed a new grievance because he thought he had found the helmet, and now he hasn't found the helmet. And he's still the only player that's upset about the helmet. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the only person. The, I mean, here's the thing. We said, you know, Tom Brady. Tom Brady didn't like it, but he didn't complain about it. He just got another helmet.
1: It also happened to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah,
0: Aaron Rodgers didn't like it, but he just got a new helmet. Like, yes. it's, make They're a big just, deal about it. Yeah. I I did see, I heard yesterday, I think Colin Cowherd was talking about how the ratings for Hard Knocks has been up like three times in Pittsburgh this year because mm-hmm. the Raiders are on Hard Hard Knocks. Uh, and he says, well, yeah, because when you break up with someone and they implode, you watch it on Facebook or on Twitter. So Antonio <laughs> Brown is on TV and he's a nutcase and Pittsburgh loves that he's not there anymore. <laughs> yes. Um, so, I mean, what do you... I don't even know what
1: to make of all this. I mean... <laughs> I there's nothing to make out of it. Be wary of drafting Antonio Brown in your fantasy football leagues.
0: Yeah, I mean this guy
1: is. He might hold out because he can't wear a
0: helmet. I I mean exactly. he can't wear a helmet that he wants. Like the this. I mean this is such a. I have never Antonio Brown used to be a cool dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Business was booming. Oh it's, my worst. It's no longer booming. I mean, he was – him and Odell were, like, the two branded – I mean, they, you know, got commercials. They were iconic players. I mean, he has just turned into a nutcase Yeah, in the last year and a half. I used to like him. He's just crazy. Another – so here's a new thing. So Baker Mayfield called out Daniel Jones. He was quoted as saying that Jones is not a winner. He doesn't know why the Giants drafted him basically saying you know he he didn't win in college and so why would the you have to be able to win or something? i mean something you know baker said baker came back said that's not what he said um well he said he said it but it, it was he he talked about how it wasn't in the context of how he said it um But he said he also talked about other things, like how he was surprised that he was drafted first overall. He said that the the video was just trying to line. He reached out to Daniel Jones and talked with him. I mean, he did say
1: it. He didn't deny that. But here's the thing. Baker Mayfield making this comment is just making the comment that the rest of America is thinking.
0: That's very true. That's very true.
1: Uh, no, saying, one, no one knows why the Giants drafted Daniel Jones. I mean, he's <laughs> just being honest. He's like, I didn't expect them to pick him. <laughs> I expected them to pick someone else. And that's what the rest of us thought.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think part of it, though, is – when you're in the NFL, there's yes, kind of like an agreed say. upon thing that you don't bash other players or yes. talk about. Um, and especially a quarterback is the face of a franchise. Usually, I mean, so the quarterback has to have some discernment. I think Baker's just very honest. I think I he's know, very he's, direct.
1: He's honest, there. He didn't
0: expect I, it. And... I think. I think he's very. He doesn't have. He says what he thinks. I think that's oh. Baker's personality. I, I, he is good friends with uh, Sterling Shepard and Saquon Barkley. I think they re- reached out to him when those comments came out, so he reached out to Daniel Jones. He was just, <laughs> I mean, I think it's a lot, uh, much ado about nothing. Um, yeah, but, but just I, to make- I was trying to blow something out. I will say, though, you know, Baker was talking about how Daniel Jones isn't a winner. Yes. Baker so far in his career is six and seven, which uh, is a losing record, and that's a Outside winning record of- in Cleveland, though. That's true, but I, that's true. Here's here's more to validate that. Outside of Ohio, he's one in five. <laughs> so he does have a winning record in Cleveland. I know the Browns are hyped up. I know they had a big year because they won more than two games, but. Maybe maybe Baker wasn't the guy to be making these maybe Patrick Mahomes could have made these comments. <laughs> maybe Tom Brady could have made these comments. Yeah. The only difference is those guys wouldn't have made those comments.
1: Yes. <laughs> <Or maybe not. laughs>
0: but I mean it was a storyline. I think Baker said greatly what the general public all thought. Yeah, he's just saying what the rest of us think. The Colts. We got a lot on the Colts this week. They are wrapped, they've are they wrapped up training camp. Andrew Luck's not practicing this week, so he hasn't practiced since last year, you know, at least since April. Um, <laughs> the Colts wide receiver, Darius Fountain, was placed on IR. He was looking fairly solid and went down into training camp. The former Chiefs running back, Charcandrick West, signed – after uh, Dante Foreman was placed on IR, um, I saw I listened to Pat McAfee's show. Um, he was at the Colts training camp. He talked with Chris Ballard, T.Y. Hilton. Talking with Chris Ballard, he was asking him, you know, about Andrew Luck, obviously. I think uh, Chris Ballard sounded like he was kind of tired of having this same conversation again. Probably. Uh, I mean the bottom line. I mean the it's the weirdest thing with Andrew Luck because most of the time players get an injury, and we know about it. <laughs> like the injuries that Andrew Luck has had, we've not know. You don't know man. it. It's like we know what part of the body's affected. <laughs> we don't know what's wrong with it or why it happened or whatever. And part of that, I mean, it could be because I, I remember remember when Luck had his so- shoulder hurt, Pat McAfee said, like, no one was talking about that in the organization. Like, the shoulder was hurt. He said, uh, Vinatieri said something to him about how it got hurt. And McAfee was like, what? And he was like, well, I'm not supposed to tell you. He was like, I wasn't supposed to find out, so you can go around. So he said he went around asking everybody in the organization, like, what happened. He eventually found out that he got in a snowboarding thing. And and so, I, I mean, it was just like, I, part of this might be, like, the Colts know what's going on, but they don't want it out there. Oh, and yeah. it's very quiet. I mean, the players don't know. I mean, I mean, they, I think they keep it like that because, you know, the media asks. Um but I mean, it's just so weird to just not have any <laughs> knowledge is. of what is actually going on with it. And it's just like, come on! But he talked with he talked with Ballard. He talked with Ty. They seem optimistic. I mean, everyone seems kind of optimistic about the team outside of Andrew Luck. Yeah, <laughs> it's just on you know, whether Andrew Luck plays or not. But I will say, Jacoby Brissett is the best backup quarterback in the league. Yes, it, and, it, I mean the, only, the closest competition would probably be what is in their division at Tennessee with Mariota and, and Tannehill. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's better, but that would it's be the, better
1: in the like experience mindset. But I think okay. Brissett's a better quarterback.
0: Yeah. And then I think the other one would be maybe Miami with Fitzpatrick and Rosen. True. But, but yeah. I still don't think they're better. I think the, I, I think those are like the close no, – no other team is really close. Like every yes. other team has a quarterback. I, I mean, it's kind of sad that the Giants aren't considered one of those when they just took their backup quarterback with the sixth pick in the draft. Yep. <laughs> but – So, the, but I think those are the two, because I think before it was argued, you know, Winston Foles was probably the best. Yes, I would, I'd agree too. But now I think Jacoby Brissett is the best backup. So there's something the Colts have going for them, is at least they have the best backup quarterback in the league for when luck is not playing. Casey, you were at the game last week versus the Browns. First
1: question, were you able to chug beers with Baker Mayfield? I was not able to chug beers with Baker Mayfield. I what think of? I could have taken him.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think he's very well versed in that.
1: I, I think he is, too, but I think <laughs> I
0: got him. Uh, and So what, what did you see at the
1: game that stood out to you? So the offensive line, just it looks just as good as always. Um, I don't think Brissette had, I don't, I really don't even think he was touched, honestly. And the Browns would be a big deal. Yeah. And I, I think Brissette played two series, if I remember right. He might have not, he might have played one. That was a week ago. I can't remember. <laughs> um, but he, he did well. Uh, he was eight for 10 for 100 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown was to Eric Ebron, who yeah. continues to be a red zone threat for, Anybody, it feels like. Well, um, the Lions, it wasn't much of anything. <laughs> that's true. When he's on a Colts. <laughs> uh, the only really bad thing that I really saw was our rushing game. I mean, there really wasn't much going on. As a team, we rushed around 75 yards for the yeah. entire game. Uh, we're used to it. But yeah, like, I. Uh, there wasn't much. I think Mac rushed for like five or six times. He and then he got like, maybe twelve yards. It wasn't. It didn't look good. But then again, also it is preseason, so I mean, how hard is he actually running? So mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, Deion Cain. I don't. Know, I think he's like our f- f- sixth wide receiver or something no, like that. Is he, is he up there?
0: He's. I think it's T Y. And then. I mean, I think the rest of them are fighting, but it's like Funches, and then I think Dion Kane, because Dion Kane, we got him it's last been a year. A long time. I mean, I think we got him last year, and he, i mean, and um, so now he's back this year, and he's been looking really good. Um yeah. And so we've been looking for it because I mean, I, I'm trying to think of the receivers because it's Ty, we have Funches, we have Dion Kane, we have Paris Campbell, who's hurt right now. We have. I saw. We had the that Fountain guy,
1: but he's on IR now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the only reason I thought he was so low on our wide receiver depth chart is because he played for well into the third quarter, if I remember right. Okay. And so he played okay. quite a bit. So that's, that's why I thought, like, oh, he's probably just lower on the depth chart. But he had seven receptions for 80 yards, so that's great. The only yeah. bad thing is I'm pretty sure he had two drops during the game and maybe it was just one drop and then one that was uncatchable, but, like, those two did not look good, is all I got to say. Because <laughs> one hit him in the hands, I believe, and then the I other. I mean, that's, that's not really the place you want a, the ball <sighs> to go to a wide
0: receiver, though. Yeah,
1: I know. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I mean, just those two drops, and then our rushing attack's not the greatest, but, I mean, we knew that going into the year, that, like, we don't have a... Elite rush We don't have an elite rusher, but rushing attack. We have some guys who can do the work. Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm excited for Dion King because he. I mean, I, when I was at training camp, like he looked. I was at training camp last year and he looked really good, and then he tore his ACL. And I was at training camp this year and he looked really good again. <laughs> and he's like a bigger speed guy.
1: Oh, he he broke off like a a 40 yard reception during the game. It was it was sweet.
0: Yeah. So I am excited to see how he works. I am excited to see how Funches
1: kinda gets involved in there. I felt like Funches got a lot of targets, but when I went back and looked, it didn't he didn't get as many targets as I thought he did. I think he really only got like three. But like uh-huh. it felt like Brissett was always looking at Funches to okay. see what he was. Okay. was. So,
0: okay. so that could And could, then T Y obviously, um, and then Paris Campbell, I'm excited for when he eventually gets back off of this injury.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's see. Michael Crabtree signed with the Cardinals. It's a pretty solid pick by the Cardinals with a rookie quarterback.
1: Yeah, it gives him some experience outside of Fitzy.
0: Yeah. That was a guy that I thought the Colts might look at.
1: but That would have been a nice addition to the Colts. Yeah. Opinion. Patriots safety, Patrick
0: Chung. Get ready for this. Like, a Patriots player did something sketchy. Um, so, uh, it's, bro, this is like news I've never heard Um, but safety Patrick Chong uh, is scheduled to be arraigned on charge of cocaine possession next Wednesday <laughs> so he probably is I mean I don't know He probably post bail and get out but uh, probably <laughs> but I mean or, or they just won't charge him because it's the Patriots it seems that's kind of how they do things yeah that's so what, did you see when the Robert Kraft thing happened? They said, if you say that you would have been guilty, we'll let you go. Like, like what? <laughs> like, wait a minute. If you admit, if you plead guilty, you'll have no punishment. Like, <laughs> yeah. In what world? Like, they're just
1: on a different level than the rest of people. I'm telling you, Bo, it's coming to an end this year. They're not going to win the division. Brady's going to not be good. It's going to be good.
0: I hope you're right. (laughs) I don't think the Bills are going to be the ones to do it, but I hope you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Cam Newton got a foot injury in the preseason game versus the Patriots this week. It's a left midfoot sprain or a left ankle sprain, something like that. Cautiously optimistic that he will be available for Week One, but it's not a good way to start a year coming off a year where Cam Newton got hurt.
1: Yes, this looks good for Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> He's just well, gonna keep running and running and running. Yeah, and, and I, Newton's not gonna steal his his touches and his rushing yards and his touchdowns, so it's good for him. Yeah,
0: uh, I think Cam. I think. This is we we've, we've seen the end of Cam Newton. Yeah. <laughs> I think we
1: it's the uh, end of Cam Newton, the rushing quarterback.
0: It's the end of Cam he's not
1: a great thrower. No. I mean he's a non-accurate not thrower about, again yeah. to be elite. I think in the next like four to five years the Panthers will be drafting a quarterback again. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean Newton's got two years left. Oh, maybe even then. You know who's available in two years? Mm-mm. Not nobody, nobody for the Panthers. What do you mean? There's nobody available in I two
1: years? Um, they're not going. They're not drafting him. That's not allowed. I don't want him to go there.
0: I would rather him go there than the Patriots. The we are talking about Trevor Lawrence. Just oh so yeah, we, everyone knows. It.
1: Yeah, if, he's not going there. We know. It, if the Dolphins are going to draft him.
0: Oh, uh, you're what? Okay, you're optimistic. I'm
1: optimistic. Um, <laughs> we're going to be really bad this year, but we're going to be okay. We're going to be like, yeah. We're taking- I
0: think you're going to be really bad this year, and so, so you're going to be like, oh, let's take year. let's take Tua, and then you won't be in the game for a I runners. don't think
1: we're going to be that bad, though. We're not going to be that bad. We're going to be bad, but not that bad. That's going to the, be the, the Bills. Buccaneers. Buccaneers. <laughs> That's going to be the Bills.
0: Okay. The Buccaneers will not be that bad.
1: Agree <laughs> to disagree. All
0: right. Jameis and Mike Evans.
1: Yeah.
0: And that defense. But they're Jameis. With Bruce Arians. Oh, that's true. I kind of forget about that part. Bruce Arians, Jameis, Mike Evans, and that defense will at least be a 5-6 to six win team. It'll be the Bills. No. Um. Or the maybe the, well
1: the Lions, I think, can win games, but... Maybe the Lions. <laughs> Fun fact. Matthew Stafford had less fantasy points than Eli Manning last year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> if I remember right. Not positive, but I think that was right.
0: But onward. Carly Lloyd of the U.S. women's soccer team hit a 55-yard field goal at Eagles practice. Darn right. <laughs> I'm a fan of Carly. When uh, the, My question is when did the Bears call her? I don't know. Should have caught her a while ago. That's just a little fun. Fun little tidbit. Soccer nope. translates. So moving into the NBA. So we talked last week. Boogie Cousins went down. Leaving the Lakers with an open center position. Correct. They had workouts for Jokic Noah, who's Bleh. most fights. Duh. Bleh. Marcin Gortat. Duh. And Dwight Howard. And, and uh, the Grizzlies gave Dwight Howard permission to talk with other teams. They were buying him out because um, mm-hmm. they got in a trade, and Dwight Howard ended up signing with the Lakers after the buyout from the Grizzlies. And the Lakers have said that his role will be rim protector and rebounding. What do you make of this signing?
1: Let's hope it's better than the first time he was there. That's true. Yeah, that's about all I got. I mean, I don't, I don't really like it because I don't think Dwight Howard's very good anymore. But I mean, they needed a player. Here's, here's the thing. I liked it. Yeah. Dwight Howard,
0: he's not personality-wise what he used to be. Um, yeah. It's he, true. He has grown. He's a seasoned veteran. He's a smart veteran. He will be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. He obviously is not the player he once was. Nope. But he's still very solid as a role playing player. Yeah. And if you want someone to be a rim protector and a rebounder, this is a guy who's been defensive player of the year 3 times. Couple. And led a team to the finals. Yeah. And All I mean yeah, as a center with no one else on the team, <laughs> and I mean, just absolutely dominant in his prime. The game moved away from his style of play oh, because the, yes, the old the time five is not what it once was. But for if you want a rim protector and a rebounder, Dwight Howard as a smart veteran. I think it's a very solid pickup. And like you said, he's been on the Lakers before, but that was with
1: Kobe. Yeah. Now that's he's with That's what I'm saying, it's got to be better than last time. He's not with Kobe. I love Kobe, but it's Kobe. And now he's with LeBron. Yeah. And
0: Anthony Davis.
1: <laughs> mhm.
0: So I think I think this is a good, good – out. let me put it this way. Out of the four players they were working out, I was hoping it would be Dwight Howard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, joke of Noah, most spites. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what are we doing? Scraping the bottom of the barrel. But I, I do like the signing. I mean, as a team that needed a role player at the five, I think Dwight Howard is as good as anybody to be that role. Yeah. James Harden created a couple headlines the other day where he said, quote, I have a season for books, but it's out of my control. Once the media creates that narrative about one person for the beginning of the year, I think they just run with that narrative until the end of the year. So Harden thinks he deserved MVP last year, and it went to Giannis. I, there was an argument for Harden. I will give him that. Yes. Yeah. also an argument for Giannis. Yeah, <laughs> it was a very close race. Yeah, I do not think that Harden deserved it any more than Giannis did. Yeah. Do you? I mean, do you think Harden's right at all?
1: <laughs> no, I think Harden's just a little. I think Harden's just a little weenie baby because he didn't win the the award. Um, and I think that Giannis truly deserved it this year. Um, if you look at the two teams, like. Houston's a much was a much better like overall round team, like once you got past the starting lineup in Milwaukee, I mean there I don't really think there was a ton of help there. So like yes, they had a good starting lineup, but Giannis carried the entire team to get there. Whereas yes, Harden carried his team, but he also had Chris Paul, who it's he's Chris Paul, he's going to be dishing the ball out. Mm-hmm. And hitting some good shots and stuff like that. So they're going to take, they're going to watch him. They have Clint Capella, who's a very big guy who can block and all that stuff. So like Houston had more to help, or Harden had more to help him in Houston. Whereas I think Giannis had, yeah, he had some very, very good players, but it was more of a Giannis show.
0: Well, I I think the argument for Harden, I mean, if I'm going through, he had he averaged over 36 points a game, uh-huh. okay. offensive production like we've never seen. Chris but, Paul missed thanks. a b- bunch of games. Clint Capella missed some games.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I mean, the, I mean, Harden kind of carried the team to what they ended up finishing at. Here's the thing. The Bucks were the best team record-wise in the league, mm-hmm. and the Rockets didn't even get close to that. And the offense, yes, the offensive output Giannis from Harden, them. yeah. Well, I mean, the the offensive output from Harden, yes, was historical. But yeah, Giannis does it offensively and defensively. Yes, and so
1: that's what an MVP is.
0: Yeah, Everything. And, and so, do I see the argument for Harden? Yes. I also thought that I would give it to Giannis over Harden. And, and I mean, I don't know. I just don't like players coming out publicly and saying <laughs> things like this. Where, okay, well, it's the next season. Like, move yeah. on. Like, this happened three months ago. Why are you talking about it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you also look at how many years did the MVP go to someone we thought it didn't. I mean, you look at from, like, what, what, 2007 to 2018, you probably could have made an argument for LeBron (laughs) to to be the MVP every year. But he didn't. But he didn't, because you don't not everyone gets – I mean, you look at Harden, the reason he got the MVP of the year he did was because he didn't get it the year before. It's... You just kind of... They try and spread around MVPs. Yeah, I would say that. We had some evidence come out. Michael Avenatti works for Nike. He's got a case right now because there was a thing where Zion and Romeo were getting paid by Nike in high school. Um, there's evidence now that shows that Nike was paying thousands of dollars in pursuit of major college hoop prospects. Hmm. So that's all that's all the update I have on it. But yeah, there, I mean, there there is evidence.
1: Well that, I think he just lost his job.
0: Yeah. There, well I don't think he does it by himself.
1: He's got to get the money from somewhere. He's came not funding it
0: himself. I think it's a look for Nike.
1: Yeah.
0: Ty Lu has joined the Clippers as an assistant coach. Okay. I, like I,
1: mean, you I don't like Ty. I don't think he, well, I don't know how his coaching skills are, I guess, because really it's LeBron who is coaching that team. So maybe he is good, and LeBron just didn't want to listen to him. So I don't know.
0: I thought the same thing. Well, I uh, thought. I think the same thing about Eric Spolstra. Uh, Yeah. Because if you have that team. I can lead
1: it to a championship.
0: The only job he had was to make sure they won it, and he failed twice. Like, I don't I think Eric Spolstra, because of LeBron, has been given this great reputation. Mm. This man should not. Yeah. This is not an above act. Ty I liked him more than Spolstra. Yeah, but
1: I mean, Ty played in the NBA.
0: Yeah, but I do think LeBron had a big part in it. The only thing I see is the Clippers have at, have Doc Rivers, and they've added on an assistant coach who has been a head coach and won a championship and been to the finals multiple times. Mm-hmm. So experience is good. Yes, very good. Here was an interesting thing that came out. So they had the rookies of the NBA this year vote on who will have the most successful career out of their class. Cam Reddish got 19% of the vote.
1: Darn right. He's going to be good. Zion got five. Yeah. If I remember right, I think three players were above Zion, give or take. Yeah, It wasn't just Cam Reddish who was higher than Zion. It was like Zion, someone else on Zion's team. Oh, no, he earned the same as his teammate Jackson Hayes was. It wasn't that his teammate was higher than him. His teammate received the same.
0: That's still Yeah, Jackson, it's crazy. Jackson Hayes wasn't <laughs> puffed up like Zion was. Fun fact,
1: that's the sixth time that a Duke Blue Devil has won that vote. Yeah, but I think everyone just assumed it would be Zion. <laughs> yeah, I assume to be Zion too. But I here's the thing
0: about Zion. I think I haven't been with his style of play. I could see why people would think he might not have the best career out of this class. Yes, I because I because if he doesn't if he if he doesn't develop a three pointer or a solid mid range, I mean. Uh-huh this league has moved to perimeter
1: shooting. And that's why I think that Cam Reddish won this. Because yes. when Cam Reddish Like, he was overshadowed at Duke, yes. It's hard to be the one of the best players when you have, literally, you have Zion, who's a, a freak athlete, and then you have RJ, who is arguably one the of number the... One, the number one recruit. recruit. Like, Cam Reddish was number two recruit, but really, he was number three. He was the... When you're behind those two on your team, you're going to get overshadowed no matter what. There were there are spurts and games where Cam Reddish looked like a true like number 1 player on a team. And Cam Reddish is more compared to like Paul George when he mm-hmm. came to the league because like he is a 3 and D player. He can do I mean he, he's a little streaky at shooting, but that you can fix that with I mean you're going to play there's 82 games in the NBA. You can fix that during the nba because like in college you only play like 20 30 maybe i don't i don't know the exact number cause depending on playoffs and all that stuff and in high school you only play probably 16 mm. on like state so like there's more time in the nba for him to focus on becoming better less streaky and all that so he will be able to be a paul george kind of player which is why i think cam reddish won that that vote
0: yeah, well, I think out of the three of them, I think Zion and Cam Reddish have the best systems that they're going into to succeed because yes. Zion's got the Pelicans with Lonzo and Ingram and Hart, and he's got people built around him. And Cam Reddish is going to the Hawks with Trey Young, and they uh, and they have Vince Carter who has been and, in the league for and John Collins, and uh, they drafted someone else this year, and. And it's and exactly RJ's with the Knicks, so yeah. yeah. So I think Cam and Zion are both primed to have a better system around them to succeed than RJ is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I could see Tamresh is definitely a shooter. I think that's probably why Zion didn't get as many votes. He did get the votes to win Rookie of the Year. So uh, that's that's maybe what it is. Is people think Zion will be great in the short term
1: hmm They're just unsure uh, of him. Uh, uh, the-, the
0: most successful career would go to Cam Reddish. Yeah. Swite, who I guess is a former first-round I'd never heard of him. He's a former first-round pick. He's now in the big three. Mm. Uh, uh, said that Carmelo had been blackballed by the league. He criticized for LeBron for letting this happen to Carmelo because they're supposed to be friends. He criticized the Lakers signing Jared Dudley instead of Carmelo. I mean, he really took a big shot at Jared Dudley. (laughs) But uh, Dudley, he tweeted and then deleted that it isn't him versus Melo. It's what players are best for the team. I mean, what do you
1: make of this? Is it just the guy who's a Melo fan? I'm going to go with it's the guy who's a Melo fan because Carmelo is not what he was. The game has changed from what Melo plays because Melo is an ISO player. He's not really come off a screen, hit a three, or hit a three, hit a three, hit a three, hit a three. He's a he drives to the hole, puts it in the hole. Mm-hmm. Like LeBron has altered his game to be able to hit threes. If you look at his like amount of threes he's hit in his career, he's up in the top of the list now. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, I think that LeBron probably should have. I, I don't even think that because it's not LeBron's job to make sure Carmelo stays in the league. That's Carmelo's job. LeBron's job is to keep himself in the league and not have a job. That's true.
0: The bottom line, LeBron's an anomaly. Most players going into year 17 are not like, aren't considered... Most players going into year 17 are Carmelo. Whether yes. so it's Wayne Wade, who just retired after year 16.
1: Like, Yeah, or well your dinosaur has him.
0: Yeah, these are the guys that came into the league at the same time. LeBron is just something we've never seen before. Like, most guys who come into year 17 are what Carmelo Anthony is and guys looking for a role, guys looking just to be on the roster. Vince Carter is not the star of that team. He's not been a star of the team for eight years. No,
1: but he's still
0: got Because once he hit year 14-15, he wasn't the player he used to be, but he has molded his game into this role that is still beneficial, and that's why he's in year 22. LeBron has made it – I think the only thing LeBron can be faulted for is the longevity of his career because he has made it so hard for players who – for normal people, yes, when they hit year 15, 16, 17, to not be the version of themselves they have been their whole career, because the normal people are at the end of their career. Most players don't play 15 years. Yeah. It's, let alone yeah. anything past that. Extra. Yeah. So, uh, lastly, before we get into the NFL playoff predictions, Ray Lewis and Lamar Odom are going to be on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I saw this on our notes and I just laughed because I was not the one to put it on there and it was Bo. Hey, you get a (laughs) headline. I'm not saying saying that it's not bad. I'm just saying,
0: like, you get a headline. It has to do with sports. These are two big athletes that we have seen in their (laughs) respective sports. I just didn't expect you to put it.
1: But I will say, I think Ray Lewis is going to be good. He's got great feet.
0: He might kill the competition.
1: Oh okay <laughs> <That> was, okay <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be good I think Lamar, we're, Lamar, Lamar, win it.
0: Lamar Odom might uh, be able to pander to the crowd a little bit. He's been with the Kardashians and stuff. He knows the TV world. Who else was on this thing? Jerry Rice won it. Emmett Smith won it. Hey uh,
1: they got they got the feet man.
0: uh, I'm trying to think what other... It's all about the shoes! Heinz Ward, I think, won it. I mean, the athletes have been very good on this show. Like, you get the athletes on it. I haven't watched it in 12 years. But you get the athletes on it, and they have historically performed very well. They're always up at the top, the best people. Sean Johnson won it, I think, or came in second or something. Something like that. Um, they've had, like, figure skaters who have all done really well. I mean, figure skaters are essentially dancers on ice, so. <laughs>
1: hey, yeah.
0: <laughs> Apollo Anton Ono won. helio Castroneves won. Christy Yamaguchi won. Jason Taylor came in second that year. Uh, uh, Warren Sapp came in second. Chad Ochocinco came in fourth. Oh, I missed that year. Okay, so for my for my Disney people out there, Kyle Massey came in second. <laughs> oh, I forgot about him. <laughs> Kurt Warner came in fifth that year. He lost to Kyle Massey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I- Heinz oh. Ward won. Hope Solo came in fourth. There's a lot of seasons I didn't realize this. Donald Driver won. It's been on since we were kids. Donald Driver won. I guess in recent seasons the athletes haven't been doing as well. Yeah, the I'm 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 seeing less and less names I recognize <laughs> as I go on. Paige Van VanZant got second a few few seasons ago. Von Miller came middle of the pack. Antonio Brown got fifth. Lori Hernandez won. Calvin Johnson got third. I missed. We just talked the other day about how he disappeared. Apparently he was on- he <laughs> reappeared. Very recently he was on with the Stars. Rashad Jennings won. Simone Biles came in fourth. Josh Norman got second. And then we're back and then we're all caught up. Okay. We got sidetracked a little bit there, but now we're coming
1: back. <laughs> <laughs> we're going back to the real going to a real sport.
0: Yeah. So, the NFL playoff predictions. So, going into the last week of the preseason and coming in up on the start of the season, who do you think, Casey, will make the playoffs this year? Or what do you think the seeding will be?
1: Oh, what will the seeding be? I don't know that. I have teams that I, um, I mean, I'm guessing, really, honestly. Um (laughs) And the AFC, Bo hates this, but I think it'll happen. I think that the Bills will win the East. Really, if anybody in that division can take the Patriots, it's really no one. But the Bills have the better shot. In I my opinion. I think the Jets. I I just I've dealt with Adam Gase for too many years, Bo. That's why I can't <laughs> do it. That's why I moved to the Bills. Um, I think they're going to win the East. Uh, the Chiefs, I have winning the West, the Browns in the North, and then the Texans in the South, um, and then I have the Patriots and Chargers is who I think will get the a- like finish out the AFC, um, and that's with like Andrew Luck having issues all the way, okay, like he did a couple years ago. Um, I still believe the Colts will be in the hunt for that, and I also think the Jaguars will be in the hunt for that. Um, I think Nick Foles is really just a, like, I think he's better than Blake Bortles. He's not going to hurt them. He's not going to carry them. That will be the defense that carries them there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he will still he will be able to help them enough to get them to the playoff, like, hopes. Um, and then I have a team that very well could, be very surprising, um, and that's the Broncos. I know that we talk a mad crap about Joe Flacco and how he's not good, but the Broncos' defense is is pretty good. Um, they have a run game that's pretty solid. Um, their wide receivers are a little sketchy um, outside of uh, Emmanuel Sanders, but Joe Flacco likes to throw the ball mm-hmm. deep, and he's in Mile High City. Where if he throws it deep, it's going to go even deeper. Mm-hmm. So there could be a lot of big plays for them. So I think they might be able to be the surprise team of the year. And Because, I mean, we have surprise teams every year. Like the Ravens were a pretty surprising team last year because they had Lamar Jackson who ran the ball 14 times a game. Probably more. But So that's my AFC.
0: My AFC... So I have it seated. I have the Chargers winning the West. First of all, let me say this: the AFC is much easier to pick than the NFC. Oh, <laughs> um, yes.
1: oh yeah. There's a lot of teams in the hunt in the NFC.
0: So the AFC, I have Chargers winning the West, and I have them getting the number one seed. That's with or without Melvin Gordon. Nice. I have the Patriots getting the second seed because I just think their division's so easy, and they have a very easy schedule. I know. I have the Colts with a healthy Andrew Luck getting the third seed and winning the South. Now that completely that, changes. That could definitely change. That completely changes if Luck doesn't play. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the Browns at four winning the North. I have the Chiefs getting the fifth slot, uh, the first wild card spot, just because the Chargers are in their division. But I think the Chiefs will be like if they just if they didn't go by division, I think the Chiefs would be second. Yeah, <laughs> um, or first. I mean, either way. But uh, and then I have the Texans taking the sixth wild card spot. Um, in the hunt, I have the Steelers. I think will be very close, but they won't make it. I have the Ravens, who I think might be in there, but won't make it. And I have the Jets, who I think will be in wild card talk, but won't make it. So that's my AFC. I don't think the Jaguars. I, I'm not sure if Nick Foles is better than Blake Bortles. I mean, he might be a little better, but he's not. Hey, I'm just hoping. I've seen Nick Foles not with the Eagles. That's true.
1: We have seen that.
0: So I don't know how much he'll actually...
1: I, I think... He might be a better ball protector than Bortles. And I think that's really what they are wanting. They just want someone to protect the ball and not turn it over. But he, that offense might struggle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only thing that i say on yours is the Steelers, I think the Steelers are going to take a big hit this year because, yes, they lost Antonio Brown, who it, before he went crazy was – the top, one of the top wide receivers. I think Juju is going to have to figure out how to be the number one wide receiver still. I don't think he's quite at that yet. Um, and also the Steelers threw the ball 600 times last year. That's not happening again. <laughs> There's no way that happens again. And so if you take away that, then you're taking away touchdowns, you're taking away yards and all that. So I think the Steelers are just on a downcline. So that's the only thing I have on that.
0: Okay, I think I think the Steelers. I think Tomlin is the what I mean. He's one of the, the experienced. They still have been. I think they're just a very stable organization. You look. I saw the the start of their schedule is kind of rough, but the last part of their schedule, they are at the Bengals home for the Browns at the Cardinals home for the bills at the Jets at the Ravens like they could go five and one in the last six games that's true
1: and that could be very helpful
0: I, I, I the the start of their the start of their is it's rough it, they're at the Patriots they have the Seahawks at home which I, I mean I think they, they could beat the Seahawks they're at the 49ers who I think they could beat. They are home for the Bengals. They're home for the Ravens. They're at the Chargers, where I think they'll probably lose. They're home for the Dolphins. They're home for the Rams. They're at the Browns. They're at the Bengals. I mean, in that six game. So I think their schedule is set up for them to have a decent record. Okay. I feel. I feel. So what is your NFC?
1: Well, that one's harder because there's a lot of good teams over there. So the NFC really can honestly probably go any way. I have no – I'm not even going to put any kind of bets on anything in here because, like, I'll just lose. <laughs> it'll just happen. And That's what – I feel like the AFC, you could probably put a bet on it and you'd
0: probably have a good chance of coming out a winner.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, we could, but in the AFC, like, no, because one injury to this changes the entire list. Mm-hmm. But so in the East, I have the Eagles winning that. Uh, the West, I have the Rams. The North, I have the Packers, and then the South, I have the Falcons winning it. The Bears and Panthers, I have winning like the wild cards. But I also wrote the Panthers before I knew about Cam Newton's injury, so that could gig that could change. Because mm-hmm. um, in the Hunt, you have the Saints, who are an amazing yeah. team. You have the Cowboys, who yeah. are a great team. And then you have the Vikings, who are a pretty solid team. And I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure products are getting other teams. Any of these teams could make their way into it and knock someone else out. Mm -hmm. One one of these teams loses a quarterback, the other teams are in. So mine,
0: I have the – my first two seeds could go either way. I have the Rams winning the West, and I have them at number one. But I also considered having the Eagles winning the East and having them at number one. Those are the those are my top two seeds, and I think they go either way. I have the Falcons winning the South in the three seed, mm-hmm. and then I have the Vikings winning the North in the four seed. But the only reason I have the Vikings in the four seed is because their division is going to have them not have a great record. <laughs> yes. When- I have to play the Bears to play the Packers twice, and I, I, it, it's just a rough schedule. Um, I have the Bears taking the fifth spot in the first wild card spot because I think the Bears and the Viking. I think I think the Bears and the Vikings like that could be like a tiebreaker determining who the division goes to. Yeah, um, they could have the same record, and then I have the Saints in the sixth spot in the hunt. I have the Packers. I have the Packers just missing it. I Aaron Rodgers is good, but he could also very easily get hurt um yeah, yeah the the team around him is all right he's got a new head coach i don't know if it all goes three or one
1: mm-hmm. i
0: have the seahawks in the hunt just because they seem to always be in the hunt or getting in that, that wild card spot yeah um and then i have the cowboys in the hunt which that's i mean with all this zeke stuff if they don't if they don't get Zeke for the first few games and they lose, drop those. I think that might do it for him with how tough this NFC is. Yeah. But also the Eagles could lose Carson Wentz, have they been known to do. Then I that that changes everything. Yeah. The, you know the Rams might not have Todd Gurley or they might lose a receiver again. That changes everything. Uh, they have a like a keep to even Marcus Peters goes down. Like the Vikings could lose Dalvin Cook yeah, Dalvin Cook's been injured. I, I, I mean, any of these teams. I mean, the only thing I strongly disagree with on your list is the Panthers. Like, they're not. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I think they're getting third in that division.
1: I It's very possible. <laughs> I mean, but again, with any – this entire list, like, one injury to a team or a couple injuries on a team just – Changes everything about it. Granted, the same thing can happen in the AFC, but like, it's not going to make or break it, really. Because we know the Patriots are going to be pretty good no matter what it feels like. Um, yeah. And then the Browns should be good. Chiefs will be good. All these teams are going to Char- be good. Chargers will be good. Chargers will be good. Next will be good. The Colts, if they have Andrew Luck, will be
0: good. If yeah. they're not, then the than the Steelers or the Ravens or the Jaguars,
1: they'll... Yeah, they're going to be good. But all of these teams can be... They can be great. Yeah. But an injury to... It doesn't matter. Like, if it's an injury to a wide receiver, it could hurt them really badly. An injury if the Falcons to... lose Julio Jones, they're not making the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Calvin Ridley's great, but Julio is the reason that Calvin Ridley is good. Yeah. So, the NFC can be very interesting. So there's the NFL playoff predictions next
0: week. We are going to have, I think what we will do is we'll have a shorter, we'll just catch you up on headlines Mm. unless something crazy happens. I think it's just going to be a kind of a brief and then we're going to have a longer, we have a fantasy draft next week and talk with people in that fantasy draft about fantasy football and have kind of that be the main part of the episode. And then it gets a little crazy. Because I, think, I think we're doing – so next week we're going to do a shorter one in fantasy, and then we're missing the next week, and then we're catching back up on the next week after the first week of NFL games.
1: Woohoo. NFL? Mm-hmm. I'm excited.
0: Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. This preseason – they need to fix this. They do not need four preseason games. <laughs> no. No, they don't. But that's gonna wrap it all up for us. We have social media like us on Facebook at Sports Shenanigans HM, Twitter at Sports Shenans, send us an email at HMS shenanigans at gmail dot com. If you listen to this, hit the subscribe button on the show. Yeah. Go if you if this is your first time, go back and listen to all the old ones. But at the very least, subscribe. If you want to write a five-star review, go ahead. If you want to write anything less, just don't waste your time. I think that is it for this week. So, this has been Sports Shenanigans, and we'll see you next week. Hey, Casey. Do you like Harry Potter? I love Harry Potter, Bo. I love Harry Potter as well. But do you know what I kind of miss about it? What's that? The joy and excitement of reading through the series for the first time. True. There's nothing like that first experience. Introducing A Muggle's Perspective. This podcast follows Brayden, a muggle, who somehow made it 24 years into life without reading a Harry Potter book or seeing a Harry Potter movie, on his journey through the books for the first time. Hosted by Harry Potter expert, Rogie, who helps guide Brayden through the books, pointing out important details, and creating an in-depth experience for the listeners. Whether you're a Harry Potter veteran or someone who has never found the time to read through the series, experience all of the feelings of reading the Harry Potter series for the first time through Brayden's eyes, and pick up some special, extra information from Rogie's hours of dedication to the series, available wherever you listen to podcasts.